0: Pour out your spirit upon us, O God, with your word enlighten us. Open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts, so that we might live in hope, through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The psalm scholar I've mentioned before, Walter Brueggemann, wrote that so many people now live anxious and fearful lives that our time, our era, has been called Age of Anxiety. The name of a, an Alden poem. <coughs> psalm 27 is a poem that urges an alternative to fear and anxiety. Brueggemann says that this psalm calls on various images to urge trust, light, salvation, refuge, and shelter. All coming from God in the face of threats. Listen now for the word from God from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, They stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me on a high rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You, have been, you who have been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be- oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Do you have a favorite scripture, favorite verse or chapter in the Bible, something that speaks to your deep need that touches your heart. When I was a boy in about the fifth or sixth grade, that question came up a lot, especially in the evening youth fellowship discussions. So I did a lot of reading and I decided if I had to choose one chapter it would be this one, Psalm 27. And if I had to choose one verse, it would be the first verse of that psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Well, I have to tell you, my choice may have been influenced by a dramatic incident in my own bedroom about that time. It was the time I almost burned down that old house (laughs) built before the Civil War. Now, it wasn't really my fault, exactly, but I'm sure that the good folks at First Presbyterian Church in Douglas, Georgia, who owned that manse, the preacher lived in, they would not have seen it that way. <coughs> I had this thing called a wood burner. It's a craft tool, basically a, a heating element. It's kind of shaped like a pen You'd mark, you'd do designs on wood and you could use a gold foil and put things on leather and you could do all kinds of neat things and I managed to do a lot of messy things, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went to plug it in one morning on a Saturday and a spark ignited a gas leak that was apparently in the lines of the gas heater that was next to my bed and a huge flame shot off a couple of feet from the room and a whoosh, sound scared me to death. I shouted for my parents my dad came running and said, go call the fire department. He grabbed a towel from the bathroom and and wrapped it around his hand and slid it up that line of gas and snuffed out that flame himself. Meanwhile, I had run downstairs to the, you didn't have phones lots of places. You had one phone in your house, and it was a dial phone. And you didn't dial 911, you dial, oh, for operator Nash Carver. And my hands were shaking so bad, I couldn't dial, oh. <laughs> he already had it out, and so I think my mother took over the phone by then. The short of it is a new fear. It was not only burned into intense memory, but that flaming gas line left a black scorched bark on my wooden nightstand that symbolized to me the fragility of life, the possibility of stunning, surprising, life-threatening danger. At any moment, even what I thought was the safety of my own room, I knew fear, and I bet you do too. Whether it's fear for yourself or fear for a loved one, we all know fear. Salesmen know that we will do more to avoid loss than we will to achieve a gain. So as soon as they've sold you the most reliable car or phone or washing machine or computer ever made, They'll quickly sell you one of those extended warranties because that junk's gonna break down, you know. (laughs) You'll be sorry if you don't buy this. Politicians know that fear motivates and they try to scare you about all the other candidates, scoundrels they are, and other groups of people. Fear motivates and if there's an overload of fear, It can paralyze you, kind of like it did me on the phone. It can isolate you. But Psalm 27 is not really so much about fear as it is about trust. The Psalms of trust, and there are several of them, they pair trust with danger, danger real and present. Remember Psalm 23 talks about walking through the valley of death. Psalm 46 speaks of trembling mountains, nations in uproar, tottering kingdoms. And almost all the psalms that pray for help also affirm trust. Or just for example, the 13th psalm prays for deliverance and then says, I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And Psalm 22 starts with words that Jesus will quote on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the rest of the verse says, Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? But even that psalm that starts at that low place later says, In you our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and they were not put to shame. Psalm 27 starts with trust and it ends with trust, but in between, well, in between are some complaints and pleas. You see, faith does not prevent difficulties, troubles, hard times. Faith gets us through difficulties, troubles, and hard times. The first part of Psalm 27 affirms confident trust in God but the questions that are posed in that very first verse, whom shall I fear, of whom shall I be afraid? They also acknowledge fear. Sometimes life brings us to a fork in the road where we have two choices, faith or fear. Well, for example, in the fifth chapter of Mark, a man named Jesus says to the father of a very sick little girl, Do not fear, only believe. The writer of Psalm 27 affirms faith and brings his pleas for help to God. He recognizes that life comes from and is sustained by God. Did you notice how the psalmist shifted gears at the ninth verse of that psalm? Right there, there are a group of seven Please, in the imperative voice, I'll read a shortened version and you can see if you can, tell, see if you can tell what they have in common, what they add up to. The first four and the last one are negative, please. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me. And then in the positive, teach me your way. Lead me on a level path. And then the seventh one, do not give me up. To the will of my adversaries. All seven of these pleas are asking God to be actively present. Why does he want God to be actively present? Well, back in the very first verse, he said, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. One of the medications I take has to be taken first thing in the morning before breakfast. Even before coffee. Well, what the psalmist says after those seven pleas, it's something kind of like that medicine. Something that would improve the day. Like a good medicine. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If we're alert and if paying attention, we will see the goodness of the Lord every day we live. Sometimes we see it in the beauty of creation. Sometimes we'll feel it in a loving hug. Sometimes we'll hear it in a kind word. But sometimes we'll just have to trust. Sometimes we'll have to do what the Apostle Paul described as walking by faith and not by sight. And sometimes we'll just have to do what the last verse of Psalm 27 says. Wait for the Lord. My friend Professor Brueggemann says, this waiting is not passive, anxious waiting, but active waiting, hoping, believing that God will act as the one who delivers and blesses us in troubling crises. That God, gives us a way forward, so that we can say with the psalmist, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage.